Good morning. Kathy Nately Delgado. I am your church administrator. And this week has been so interesting for me. It's Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day. It was also my birthday this week. Yeah, well, and it was not just any birthday. Apparently, word leaked out, and uh, yeah, it's one of those birthdays with a zero at the end. And it wasn't 50. <sighs> so here I am, being strong. I turned 60 this week. It was not an easy birthday for me. Like, 50 was fun, it was great. I can remember celebrating 30, even 40 was pretty good, 60. So that was a tough one. <laughs> but. I got lots of birthday messages and birthday cards, and that was really great, and I thank you for that. Everyone else's positively, positivity made it slightly less distressing. That's about all, I'll, I'll, that's about as far as I'll go with that. Um, but thank you. Today, many of us are going to be making and or receiving phone calls to say happy Mother's Day. I will call my mom, my son Jonathan will call me, maybe. Um, he's had a rough week, papers and finals and presentations, so, you know, maybe I'll call him. Hearing my daughter say I love you mama in person today will be wonderful also. No matter how it works out, we'll all be glad to hear each other's voices. And now that you know how very, very old I am, I can very easily admit that I am old enough to remember life before caller ID. <laughs> Do you? Do you remember life before caller ID? <coughs> caller ID actually became widespread um, right around 1990. Now, that's more than 30 years ago, just in case you were still kidding yourself that 1990 was recent. Um, no. When you would answer the phone before caller ID, you had no idea who was going to be on the other end of that phone call. It was a mystery. But we could identify the important people in our lives the moment they said hello, right? A familiar voice brought a sense of ease. I know who this is. And even with caller ID eliminating the element of surprise, it's good to hear the voice of a loved one, a good friend, a brother or sister you haven't talked to for a while, someone you are genuinely happy to hear from. That kind of voice can bring comfort. It can bring good memories. It can bring love, even though that person is not there next to us. Well, this morning's scripture speaks of a voice. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. This is the voice of Jesus, speaking to his audience with the well-known metaphors of the Good Shepherd. 
Indeed, chapter 10 in John is referred to as the Good Shepherd chapter. These may or may not be familiar stories, but this morning I want us to listen to these passages with a new focus, focusing on the voice of the Good Shepherd. Chapter 10 starts with the gate and the gatekeeper. Jesus says, very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. And he continues in verse three, the gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Then Jesus starts speaking of the wolf coming in and snatching the sheep away from the hired hand, who isn't the true shepherd. And in verses 14 through 16, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as God knows me and I know God, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to the fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Now keep in mind that at this time, Jesus had been preaching and teaching and performing miracles around the region. And there are those who have begun to believe in him but many who are at best skeptical. There are also religious and government leaders who are far more than skeptical. Some believe Jesus to be a heretic, speaking blasphemy against God, and some see him as a dangerous threat to the existing religious and societal structure. So in today's reading, Jesus is responding to those who continue to question him in ways designed to trap him. They want him arrested. It wouldn't be surprising if his tone had just a tinge of exasperation, as he said, I have told you, and you do not believe. But let's listen most carefully to verses 25 and 26. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Let's listen again to three phrases that came from, the, from Jesus in these readings. First, the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I have other sheep. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. The voice of the Good Shepherd. How well do we know that voice? I seem to be surrounded for whatever reason, by people who ask me questions like, how did you see God at work in your life today, or this week, or ever? 
And I just got asked that question again last week when I was interviewing for my certified lay ministry recertification. I passed, I'm, I got recertified. Um, oh, thank you. Um, so I showed up this morning. <laughs> anyway, the, the interview team asked a lot of questions. That was one of them. And whenever I get asked that question, I always stumble because my first thoughts always go to looking for a big answer, a thunderbolt moment, I call it, the mythical hand of God reaching from the clouds or the great big booming voice of God thundering its way across the mountains. Why do I still carry those around in my head? Why do those expectations still creep around in my thoughts? Because this is most definitely not the voice of the Good Shepherd that Jesus is talking to us about here. And then I remember the still, quiet voice that told me to pick up the phone and call that person I knew was struggling even though I was afraid to bother them. Or the prayer that seemed to be answered with, no, that's not what I have in mind for you right now. Or the friend who reminded me that my response to someone's callousness didn't need to be more of the same. If I listen carefully, now, the voice of the Good Shepherd seems to be coming through. If I listen carefully. There are a lot of voices clamoring for our attention. In these stories, Jesus reminds us that there are robbers and thieves. There are hired hands who don't really care about us when the chips are down. And please, don't take hired hands literally. It's a metaphor, remember. There are wolves, even. We have many competing priorities. We even have many voices claiming to speak for God. They tell us that we can only grow closer to God by having this specific religious experience or by believing that particular doctrine or reaching this certain level of morality. But what does Jesus tell us? That our lives depend on belonging to him, the Good Shepherd. Our relationship with God does not depend on how we feel, or having the right experience, or being free of doubt, or on what we accomplish. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And notice that the sheep do not belong simply because they exist. Their belonging is an active belonging. Hearing, following. It seems to me that Jesus is saying that those who have heard his voice and believed, who are able to see him at work in the world and in their lives, 
who are trying their best to follow him and his way of being in the world, they move towards a sense of belonging that reorients your, your life, reorients their lives. <coughs> reorients our view of the world and the way things should and can be. It is a belonging built on and flowing through and dependent upon Jesus, the Christ, as the Good Shepherd. Yes, we are all God's beloved children. And God's grace and peace are available to everyone. No one is excluded from God's love. And yet, we can only experience this love fully when we are in tune with God's direction for our lives. Grace is given to all, but some turn away, giving up the experience, although not the reality, of that grace. And Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. But if we are not listening for his voice, we cannot receive his gift of peace. So how do we actively listen for God's voice? I often recall a phrase that Ross used to describe prayer, that it is beating down a path between me and God. I picture these overgrown weeds and tall grasses and walking across them again and again and again, back and forth. Beating down that path between me and God. I love that visualization. When I am spending regular, consistent time in silent and contemplative prayer, that's when I find God's voice is strongest throughout my life. For each of us, listening for that voice looks a little different. And yet, for everyone, it requires active participation, time, effort. Moments of clarity will come and times of peace will exist. But shortcuts are rare and patience is required. The voice of the shepherd sends us a message of hope. Life circumstances, the tragedies, the disappointments, the sheer difficulties, they will still shake us. But we are ultimately safe in God's hands and we won't be snatched away. <clears throat> Secure in this belonging, we are free to live the abundant life that Jesus speaks of earlier in chapter 10 of John. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The abundant life of which Jesus speaks 
is not necessarily about abundance in years or in wealth or status or accomplishments. John's Gospel tells us that it is life that is abundant in love of God made known in Jesus Christ. Love that overflows to others. And it is eternal life because its source is in God who is eternal. And in Jesus who is the resurrection and the life. When we listen for the shepherd's voice, when we experience ourselves in relationship with Christ, we live on earth as it is in heaven. We still make mistakes, we feel anxious, and we will lose our way. But when we hear God's voice, we know that the journey leads home and that Jesus is our companion each step of the way. Amen.